0: Welcome to Employed, a podcast about careers. Whether you're at a point of having to make a career choice, or you simply like to hear what others are passionate about, Employed is about the workers who make up our nation's economy. I'm Allie, and today we are speaking with Erin, the executive producer for Entertainment Tonight.
1: You do, and you have to bet on yourself. If you're not going to bet on yourself, why would you expect anybody else to?
0: Thanks so much, Erin, for joining me tonight and coming on here to talk a little bit about what you do. So can you introduce yourself and just give a little bit of information on what it means to be an executive producer?
1: All right, well, thanks for having me. I'm Erin Johnson. I'm the executive producer of Entertainment Tonight. I'm based in Los Angeles, where our show is primarily shot every single night. And I'm responsible for Entertainment Tonight the brand and all of our content. So basically I oversee the nightly television show which has been on the air. This is uh, season 40. So it's been on for 40 years. And the show is a mix of entertainment news, as well as exclusive interviews with big stars. We're also a website. We're at etonline.com. We're also on social media. We even have a streaming 24 seven platform that's available through like Apple TV and Roku. So basically if it has an ET bug on it, it's that little thing on the corner of the screen that's yellow and it has a big ET in it and I'm somehow responsible for it. So I make a lot of creative decisions about what interviews we're doing, and what we'll be asking the celebrities at those interviews. I also manage a multi-million dollar budget. And my day is basically spent trying to make deadlines all the time. So every single night, the show has got to get out. We air East Coast feed, we air West Coast feed. And sometimes by the time that's over, I'm completely wiped out. But then we also have to get all that content up on our website. So it's kind of a 24-7, creative-driven, content-making job.
0: It sounds like you wear a lot of different hats in this job. Can we kind of back up a little bit and talk about how you, you know, had interest in something like this? Were you always interested in kind of the entertainment side or the production side, or is this kind of something you just walked into?
1: Actually, I mean, I grew up watching Entertainment Tonight. I'm uh, 38 years old, so I actually have not lived in a world where Entertainment Tonight... It didn't exist because the show was actually older than I am. But I grew up watching this. I've always been obsessed with pop culture and celebrity news and television. I grew up in a small town in Ohio. So, you know, when it got cold, there really wasn't a lot to do. So I watched <laughs> a lot of TV. And yeah, I just kind of always have been drawn to that, you know, Hollywood world. And I told my dad when I was a kid that I would somehow figure out a way to get paid for watching television. And I'm really proud to say that now I do. And I went to college. I studied broadcast journalism and politics. And my first job out of college was actually in local news because as much as I would have loved for ET to be my first stop, you know, being from a small town in Ohio, I kind of had to make my way, you know, out towards Los Angeles and, and get here eventually. But yeah, it really has, it's, I really do feel like I have my dream job because it was a job that I've really wanted since I was a teenager.
0: Is that pretty common to have a degree in broadcasting? Is that usually required for something like this?
1: It's not. I think what's, you know, when I'm interviewing people for jobs here at ET, I think it's important to have an understanding of, you know, at, at this level as a national television show, it's not a lot of people's first jobs unless you're kind of walking in maybe as like a a production assistant or an assistant to someone. But I think it's important to have an understanding and a passion for entertainment news and pop culture and a willingness to, you know, somebody who catches on quickly and is really proactive and has a great attitude. I think will go much further for anyone than what your degree says. There are certain jobs within are building, especially on the news desk, that having a strong journalism background and really understanding, you know, court papers and, and that sort of thing, or like celebrity divorces, when you can read through those and really understand what that means, that's definitely helpful. But I think most stuff here really can be learned if you have the right attitude to approach it. Would you be able to kind of
0: give like a little rundown of maybe previous roles you've held just to kind of give an idea of? how you progressed up into the the position, how you went from college into entertainment tonight.
1: I graduated from college with a broadcast journalism and politics degree. And I, my first job out of college was in local news in Dayton, Ohio. And I got hired as an associate producer. I think I was making like $21,000 a year truly nothing. I'd actually gotten a job offer in advertising in New York City when I was in college. And I turned it down because I was like, no, I really just feel like I want to do this whole television thing. So, and I was in that job for about two months when the 11 o'clock news producer left for another job. And I went into my boss's office and said, Hey, while you look for her replacement, can I fill in on that show? And Maybe it was because it was a little bit because it was in Dayton, Ohio, and they were just like, sure, whatever. But also because I like really was into it, they um, said, sure. So I ended up filling in on that and ended up, ultimately, they just gave me that job. So I was there for about a year, and then a TV station in Cincinnati called and offered me a job there. So then I moved to Cincinnati, and I did the 11 o'clock news, and I did the six o'clock news there. And Local news is really hard. I don't think people necessarily realize that. The budgets can be really small and tight, but it is the best training ground that I could have had because I had to learn how to do everything. I had to write my own promos, my the open of my show. I had to write all the stories in the show. Sometimes it would just minus like the reporters package that I would slip in. And then I had to work in the edit bay. I'd be in the control room, boothing my show and it's live TV, you know? So it's like, you mess up, like it's going to happen on air. So it, one, it made me a really strong writer and somebody who could write really fast and, and manage deadlines and also the stress of like, this is live television and working with talent and working with editors and working with directors. It's a lot of different personalities to all work together to get something done. So it was definitely the best training ground that I could have had, I think, to prepare me for what I do now. I ended up being there for five years, which was maybe a little bit longer than I should have been, but I was in my 20s living with my best friend and just really honestly, like having a great time. And then I kind of had to like give myself that like talk of like, this isn't the goal. Like, this isn't where you want to be. You want to be in California. You want to do the you know entertainment stuff in Los Angeles. So you got to push that way. And like I said, I didn't have any connections out in LA, but one of the reporters at the Cincinnati TV station that I worked at had left a year earlier to move to California. So I called her and said, hey, like, you know, I feel like it's time, like I want to make the move. And I just would love any like advice that you have. And she said, well, my old news director in San Diego is looking for a morning show producer. I could, you know, send me your, send me your reel, send me your resume and I'll pass it along to him. So she helped me get that connection to him. And They were launching a 9am hour of a morning show uh, at the Fox affiliate in San Diego. And they wanted it to be compete with the Today Show, but not have the Today Show budget. So it was very lifestyle and entertainment. And this was like the topics that I was into. And it was also getting me to California. So I figured I'm going to have an easier time getting to Los Angeles from San Diego than I am from Cincinnati. So I moved to San Diego and and I launched this show. It was also really cool because I got to have like the vision for the show and like what it was going to look like and you know, kind of implement like signature segments and that sort of thing. And then got that up and running. And then Every single Wednesday that I lived in San Diego, I would go to this coffee shop and I made myself spend at least one hour doing some sort of like career development type of thing. So it would be like researching jobs in LA, working on my resume, like trying to network. And I did that religiously every single Wednesday. And then I got a job offer randomly by like my first TV show that I got hired onto was it was a test run show for, for Fox and they offered me an eight-week gig and I called my mom. I was like, mom, I like, I got a producing job on this network show. And the bad thing is it's only guaranteed for eight weeks, but it's in LA and I'm going to take it. And my mom was like, only eight weeks. Like, what are you going to do when it's over? And I'm like, I got to bet on myself and I'll figure it out. Like eight weeks is more than I had yesterday. So I'm going to do it. So I quit my job in San Diego. I moved up to LA for this eight-week gig that, you know, the creator of that show had a production company. And I impressed him enough that when that show was over, he hired me at his production company, and I learned that there was a job where the promos, the commercials that you see, getting people to watch TV shows, like that's what his company did. And I wrote TV commercials. I did a Super Bowl commercial six months after that show. I, you know, did promos for some of the biggest shows in daytime television. And then, you know, the show that I had gone up there for for eight weeks actually ended up getting picked up. So then I moved back to that show, and because I helped to launch that show, I was able to like come in at a senior producer level and really oversee the creative direction of that show. And then I you know, worked on various other daytime TV shows and a woman that I had met on one of the shows that I worked on, a friend of hers worked here at CBS. And he was like, I'm looking for somebody who's you know, into celebrity who can do like big celebrity shoots. And she's like, oh, I know the perfect person. And you know, she connected us and I got hired over here at CBS, actually on the digital side. I relaunched ET's digital video business, kind of more in line for what it looks like now, and you know saw a lot of success there. And that kind of got me noticed by the folks over here at the show. And they're like, "Hey, like, you know, you've really overhauled the whole creative and the perception of like the digital side of this. Can you come over here and you know, take some of the stuff that you have learned from our digital audience about what they want to see and help us bring it into the show?" So then I moved over to the show side as a senior producer and then from senior producer became co-EP and then from co-EP became EP. So I moved up pretty quick within the ET ranks once I got here. So I've been here almost seven years now, but that's kind of how like it all got there. But it's like, I look back and I think every single job that I've had, I think really has prepared me to be a good executive producer now, because at 22, I was writing shows from start to finish the years before I came here, I was doing TV promotion and marketing. So I understand like how to tap into what the audience wants and to talk to them in a way that like energizes them to want to watch the show. And then I worked on the digital side, which obviously at this point in the way that we all live our lives, I don't think you can really be super successful in television if you don't also embrace digital content. So it really all kind of felt full circle when it, I got put in this role and I felt like, oh, everything really has been like training me to this moment. I lean into all of it on a, on a daily basis now.
0: And it sounds like it took a lot of just courage. You, you didn't know like taking that eight week gig or you really had to kind of take like this leap of faith to just, you're like, I don't know what's going to happen next, but this is better than what I had yesterday. You,
1: you do. And you have to bet on yourself. If you're not going to bet on yourself, why would you expect anybody else to? And you also have to live smart. I mean, like save your money. So you feel a little bit more comfortable, like making those decisions is definitely a big thing too. And you know, don't get too wrapped up in, in things you don't need because it makes it easier when those things come up. But yeah, I'm so grateful I did it. I could have easily talk myself out of it and been like, you know what, like I need to wait until it's a full-time job with like all lined up, presented to me on like a nice sheet of paper, but it wasn't like, that was the opportunity I was given at the time. And I felt like it was what I needed to do.
0: What are the demographics of your field? Is this primarily a female dominated field and the ages as well. What type, What age ranges do you see of people in your office?
1: The oldest person who's very young at heart that I manage is in their seventies. And then the youngest uh, staff members right out of college. So it's pretty varied. And I think that that's really important and really, really great because the show that we're creating every night, it's its truly for everybody. And it's important to have kind of like that mix of which celebrities are you interested in? And sometimes there's an overlap and sometimes there's not. And when you're a brand as big as ET, the great thing is there's always a place for every celebrity here, whether it's, you know, a, a feature on our nightly broadcast, or it's something that we're going to put on our Instagram, or it's going to be an article that we write on the, on the website. It's good to have kind of that mix of age ranges. As far as my job specifically goes, you know, I think you are seeing more women in leadership roles in Hollywood. I think it's still something that we are working towards like being more 50-50 on, but I do think it's moving in a better direction. As far as like age ranges for my job specifically, I'm definitely the youngest EP that Entertainment Tonight has ever had. And I'm you know proud to be the first to that an accomplishment. Sure it's what it is, yeah, uh, But as far as like, you know, age ranges for EPs go, I think it just depends. And I think it's, I'm proud that I have my job and I'm proud that, you know, the CBS as a company, like, you know, entrusts me with this brand. And I hope that I bring like a really unique perspective to it with my background. And I think at the end of the day, though, age really is nothing but a number. So it's really about what you bring to the table. Exactly.
0: I love that take on it. And I, I think it's really neat that you guys have such a broad range of people in your office. I bet that really just kind of helps the delivery a little bit and the point of view, so. Mm
1: -hmm. It's pretty wild. It's definitely great when you, we do multiple brainstorming meetings each day. You know, it's great to have just a diverse mix of people in those because, you know, some, and it's also really cool to see where it overlaps, where it's like this person and this person are both obsessed with this new show on Netflix. And it's like, oh, well, then we should definitely cover it if we're hitting like that, you know, Big of range of the demo
0: do you see any special benefits to working in your field do you find benefits that you might not find in other fields like traveling or of course meeting celebrities and things
1: like that well that's definitely part of it I mean yes there are some days where I'm like I can't even believe I get paid for this I went to the Oscars this year you know I went to the Emmys being on red carpets is really cool I go to a lot of movie premieres I have gotten to travel the world with Entertainment Tonight. I've been to basically every continent except for Antarctica at this point. It's really kind of amazing. So the travel is definitely one of my favorite parts about it because I just love to travel. And it's really cool to the way that we get to travel because we're there and we're doing some sort of wild movie junket. So it's definitely something I would miss. It makes you very addicted to your job. And then other than that, I think... You know, you get to watch TV shows before they come out because you're screening them to kind of understand what the show is about so that you can interview the celebrities properly based on like, you know, actual context of what their role is all about. So that part's all really fun.
0: How is your progress measured? So you've, you've mentioned a manager. So who manages you and how, how do they measure, you know, your progress if you're doing, if you're getting better at your job?
1: Yeah. So I report into the executives at CBS. I report into one specific executive who is in charge with overseeing a portfolio of the CBS shows. And he and I meet regularly and and talk all the time about what my plans are, vision, budget needs, et cetera. And, you know, I'm kind of measured on a lot of different things. I mean, the most obvious one is the ratings. So if, you know, every single night we find out, well, people seem to like the show the night before based on the ratings? And I think that that's tough sometimes because I think television behavior is changing. And especially with a show like ours, that's entertainment-based. Like people aren't always waiting until 7.30 at night to get their entertainment news. So that's a challenge that's part of my job of like, how do you, you know, in a world where people are constantly on their phones and kind of know that Gwen Stefani and Blake Shelton just got engaged, how do you make that still interesting when you come to watch it on the television show? So I think- not only am I measured in ratings, but I think I'm also measured in just like my vision for evolving uh, an ever-changing business. I'm also measured in, you know, being able to stay on budget and be creative with, sometimes when you want to be creative, you want like, there's no limitations, but like everyone, there's a, there's a budget limitation that we have to operate in. So as much as I would like to shoot the show every single day from some wild location around the world, budget's going to do that, or COVID's going to do that. So it's, kind of about being able to put all those pieces together. I'm also, you know, I'm a manager of 150 people. So I'm also judged on how is my team doing? Their work is a reflection on me and I'm a reflection on them. So making sure that all of that's working really well together is just also part of the process that I'm actively getting feedback from him on. That's so amazing.
0: Just how many different roles you have to play. You have to be creative and you have to be a good leader and you have to delegate. And that has to just keep every day so interesting.
1: No day is ever the same. One of the things I love about my job, which is, you know, we know we're going to cover entertainment news, but Mm -hmm. sometimes you wake up and you're like, I didn't know Gwen and Blake were going to get engaged today. And that totally Mm -hmm. means we pivot and change the entire show. Or, you know, it's like, okay, well, today we're doing the show from, this place or with this star. And it's it's just fun. I think that's a good segue into
0: your work hours. So with it being news, you never know when something's going to happen or when something's going to drop. Do you always have to be available for, to come into the office or how do your hours
1: work? I kind of like to say that working at ET isn't really a job. It's more of a lifestyle Mm -hmm. and it is kind of, it is all encompassing at times. But I think just like anything, in order to be good at something and good in a creative job, if that's the only thing that you do, then you're gonna lack perspective and you're just gonna like you'll burn out at some point. So, you know, I definitely try to find as a healthy work-life balance as much as possible. Some days are better than others and it just ebbs and flows, but that's just like the way that news works. But my day, you know, I I wake up usually around like 5 30, 545 in the morning. I like to, you know, kind of cruise through the news that's happened overnight, familiarize myself with everything going on. We have a really awesome producer in New York who actually puts together a morning news report that he emails out to the staff. And it's, he comes in early and compiles everything that has happened in the entertainment world since the day before when he's emailed it out is in this document and it's so helpful. So I familiarize myself with that. I watch paparazzi video that's coming overnight. And then at 7 a.m., I lead a staff meeting where we set our rundown plan for the day. And we decide, okay, are we, what do we want to lead with? Is this going to be our first story? Should this go in the show? Ah, like we don't really have much to say about it. Like that goes away. We're just trying to make sure that we have enough stories that we really like it, but it also all fits. On television, we have a little bit of time. So we can't always put in everything. So sometimes we have to make some tough choices on, is it this story or this story today? So we do all that in that 7 a.m. meeting. And then we give all of our writers their assignments for the day and they kind of get off and running. And then my morning is a mix of, checking in on those pieces looking at future pieces we shoot the show on the stage with our talent sometimes we'll have a celebrity guest co-host here so it's greeting them it's maybe a budget meeting or a meeting about something else that's entertainment tonight related and then around one o'clock our pieces start to finish the ones that we assigned earlier in the morning after that meeting and i screen all those give my notes on what i want changed or fixed and then the show is assembled and the east coast feed goes out at 2.30. We watch that go out. You know, if anything, we want to change anything or we want to add a new story or something to happen, then we do a West Coast version of the show and that goes out at 4.30. And then maybe I do like another meeting and then I go home. So at any point during the day, all of those plans can obviously change because you start your day at seven and you think this is going to be the plan. And then inevitably someone split up or someone's pregnant or whatever. And then you change your mind and then, you know, news doesn't stop just because the show is over. So you know, if something big happens, then, you know, we have a team who works like a staggered shift, like around the clock. So, if, you know, if something happens, they pick it up. And I just kind of live my life where, like I said, I think it's important to have a good work-life balance. I have a really awesome team of producers. And I know that like, if something really big happens, they're going to call or text me, but I do, you know, check my email, like every so often you're like, okay, nothing in there. We're good. I'm one of those people who like has to have all their red dots off their phone before they go to bed. So I always, clean it out before bed. I just sleep better that way. It is what it is. People say, don't be on your phone before bed, but it works for me. So I do that. And then we start over the next day.
0: Sounds so fast paced. And in this field, I'm sure you guys are pushing deadlines, just right up to the very last minute until, you know, release the feed. That sounds kind of like scary to me.
1: (laughs) I'm a deadline driven person. And it's funny because You know, at various times here, sometimes we'll have to move deadlines or change them. And it's funny because it's just human nature. When you change something, they're like, oh no, we can't do that. I'm like, we're always gonna work until the last minute. So if you tell me my deadline is two o'clock, I'm gonna work until 159. If you tell me my deadline is one o'clock, it's gonna be the same thing. So it's like we always, you know, adjust as as humans to deal with it. But I also told my mom that I think I really thrive under a deadline. I think it's one of the reasons why. I like my job so much, like I like that type of adrenaline. I actually was working on a project and the, the deadline to finish it moved because the person who I was presenting to had to go out of town unexpectedly. And I was like, oh no, because <laughs> I lost like all of the like adrenaline of like, I have to get this done, I have to get this done. And then I was like, well, now I've got four extra days, like what am I doing? And it was, it was actually harder to finish it.
0: Obviously this is a very social interactive job Do you ever have time to yourself when you're working? Do you ever get to go into your office and just kind of shut the door and be alone?
1: And that is one of the hardest parts because I do, but it's usually after people leave. So sometimes it's like a a longer day for me. There's actually been times where I'm like, oh good, it's four o'clock. Now I can finally like get all of my work done because that's when most people clear out because we start kind of earlier here. It is a lot of talking and interaction. I mean, it's a communication-based business. And sometimes that's honestly kind of hard for me. Like I'm not an extroverted person. I'm really not. I'm maybe an introverted extrovert at, at best, but that is one of the hardest things I think about being a, a leader here, which is constantly be able, being able to be responsive and try to like maintain my energy level because, you know, people are going to match the energy that you're giving them. And also, you know, there's a lot of times where I'll go back to back to back to back meetings And then I might have like a small line forming outside my office. And it's really important that I'm treating the person who was seventh to come into my office in an hour, the same as I was treating the person who came in first. I mean, it's not their fault that I just went through like, you know, the other six people's challenges that we had to navigate or sort out. So that can be really, really hard. So sometimes by the time four o'clock gets, it's like, oh thank God you all left. So I can think fi- like I can finish some stuff here. So and
0: do you see that um in you know previous jobs or previous roles that you've held, would you say that it's the same level of interaction or is it mostly because you're more of in a management position?
1: I think it's more here a little bit than in other places just because of the nature of the creative we're doing creative jobs are always really subjective. I know whenever I'm even writing something myself, like I always ask for somebody else to read it and give their feedback to it because they're going to look at it a different way. They're going to think of it a different way. So a lot of times, like if we have a really, really big celebrity interview coming up and the producer preps a whole host of questions, like it's only natural that they would want me or like one of the co-EPs to take a look at them before we would go and do that interview because I might see something that they didn't. And it's just a really collaborative environment that way, which is great. And I think it makes it, better in the end. But we also do an average of like five to 10 interviews a day. So sometimes that can just get a little overwhelming of like, I'm not gonna be able to look at this one or this one or this one, I'm gonna have to trust that that one's good. But I'll look at this one, you know, so just kind of delegating and picking and choosing your your battle. Sometimes
0: I didn't realize that you guys did so many interviews. And so just imagining if you're interviewing that many celebrities, does the 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 starstruck feeling does that kind of wear off when you're working in a field like this and you're just seeing it over and over or is it every interview you're just like I can't believe I'm in front of this person
1: I always try to like it's like oh wow this is really cool that this is my life like it's definitely like a gratitude type moment but as far as being like oh my gosh like I'm with this person like no because you're so you have so many things that you're thinking like is the camera right is the lighting right is the audio fine and all the things that could go wrong mm-hmm. too that you're just like okay this just needs to be great. Right. And you have like a whole list of questions that you're trying to get through. And most of our interviews are timed because oh. you're kind of given like a, an amount of time of like, okay. And we, you know, work with, you know, when we're booking the interviews, it's like we're always asking like, well, can we have five more minutes? Or like, no, they only have this amount of wow. time or whatever else. So you're also, you know, I've got 20 questions and I've got 10 minutes. Like, oh my goodness. Here we go. Yeah. And you know, so you your brain's in so many different places, you almost don't have time to get starstruck. Star That makes sense.
0: Okay. So I want to hear a few stories. So
1: what's the best day that you've had at your job? I mean, definitely like one of the best days for me was when I got promoted to executive producer here because it just meant so much to me. And the, and the staff was, I felt genuinely excited for me. And I just was just, I mean, it was just such this moment for, you know, somebody who grew up in a really, really small town who watched this show all the time as a kid to be like, oh my gosh, like this is what I do now. And I get to like, come up with an idea and it actually happens. And it was just truly like this moment. It was just like really, really emotional for me because I was just really, really, really touched by it. So that was definitely one of the best days, but there's also been just fun days along along the road of like, you know, getting here where it's like you walk into the Oscars and you turn around and like Brad Pitt standing right next to you and you're just like, what? Like, what is my life right now? Or, you know, when we're in a producer meeting and we're just brainstorming like random stuff of like, wouldn't it be cool if we did this and then a week later, we did that. It's really like that part is just, it never gets old and it's just so gratifying. And then also I just I, I just love that the work that I do every day, like my parents get to see it. It's like, it's kind of a bizarre thing to think about. Like a lot of people will go to work and it's like your parents like, oh yeah, she's at work, but you know, still my parents, I don't think know sometimes the ins and outs of like everything that it took to get that show in the air. But it's really cool that like my mom will call me and be like, oh my gosh, I love that you had, my mom called me one time where she called me at 6 30 in the morning and I thought somebody had died because like no one she never calls me that early so I picked up the phone my heart is like totally racing I'm like is everything okay and she's just like I loved that new kids on the block interview that you guys did last night do you think we can get tickets to their concert and I was like yeah like we can go and do that like that would be awesome but it was just really cool that you know they get to see that every day and that just makes me really happy
0: I want to know what's the end goal for someone like you in your position. Are you are you hoping to continue on that on those promotions and work up a ladder or do people generally end their career in something like this?
1: I mean it's definitely possible. I mean there's been people who have, you know, been in my role before who've done this for 20 years and I can certainly understand why it's an amazing job. Every day really is different and exciting and I'm really happy being here, I think my next goal is less about like what's that next promotion. It's more about what can we do with ET as a brand? Because I think, you know, the show's 40 years old, but this brand is really just getting started because, you know, there's so much opportunity here with you know, different digital platforms and streaming. And truly, the number one thing I think ET has to offer is also our vault. I mean, the amount of like amazing footage in the vault. I mean, we met, like we met Miley Cyrus when she was two years old. We've literally grown up with her. And just like these nuggets that are in there are just so cool. And like, this is a whole different way that we can reimagine using ET content just based on the way that people are, you know, turning to us and like wanting to watch what we're offering. So I'm really focused on growing the ET brand in a way that's not just television, but also digital, also streaming, also on social and, you know, creating kind of shows within the show. So mm-hmm. one of the things that we created is we have a, a roses and rosé, like a bachelor, it's really comedic, like bachelor recap show and like creating kind of those little nuggets within that can kind of go under the ET umbrella that all kind of feed and make sense. And, you know, we're the number one entertainment news brand in the world. And I just want us to get bigger and, and better. And I really kind of look at that as like my next challenge to tackle.
0: What does a bad day look like or what are challenges that you often face in this position?
1: I think a bad day is sometimes just those days where you're just constantly bombarded while also trying to meet a deadline at the same time. Like that's definitely like the pressure cooker moments are sometimes frequent in a job like this. And there's always those unexpected fires and they always happen at the time where you're like, I'm supposed to be on a, you know, hour long budget meeting today. Like today's not the day that you know, we can handle having disastrous celebrity news. And also like one of the lights just blew out on the stage. Now we don't know if we're going to be able to like shoot the show from the stage. Those are definitely the really bad days, but I know it sounds like super Pollyanna and, but I really mean it when I say like, there's not really a a day where I'm ever like, I don't ever want to come back to work. I don't ever want to do this again. It really does feel like just a bad day and like not a bad life or career moment. It's just, well, that sucked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll start over tomorrow.
0: <laughs> Maybe can you share like what is your what is your one of your favorite events that you've ever attended or one of your most favorite interactions that you've had?
1: I mean, definitely going to the Oscars this year was awesome because it's actually my first time going. Because before I was EP, I was always in the office for the Oscars, like doing our coverage and. And I, so this was the first time I like got to get all dressed up and like actually go and be physically there on this event that I'd covered kind of really behind the scenes for a number of years. And I literally got out of the car and was like walking up to, you know, get my ticket and Brad Pitt is right there walking in. And it was kind of one of these moments of like, is this all happening? Like this is wild and crazy. And I think I have like an extra soft spot for it because it was him and Jenna just had that big reunion. He has had such a moment here in 2020, trying to save it for all of us. And also because, I mean, that was, I look back and that was like one of the last big, really red carpets that I got to do this year. And it's, it's weird to think that, you know, for so many years of my life, it's just like constant, like, okay, we're out, we're out doing this. It's like, you're with people. And really for the last seven plus months, it's been entirely different. So I think I have like an extra dose of nostalgia just because of what, happened so shortly after that experience Mm -hmm.
0: that's so cool that's so neat that you got to have that experience and have these once in a lifetime opportunities that people just dream about
1: no I feel really really blessed very very grateful for it
0: you might not have an answer for this question then but I always like to ask if you could be doing anything else for a living and your education and money were not factors what do you think you would be doing
1: That is a hard question. I don't know. I don't know if there is. I mean, this really, like I said, this really is my dream job. It's what I've wanted to do since I was a teenager. I think if I could change anything about it, honestly, I would be able to do it while being closer to my family because they're still in small town Ohio. So I think that's probably the hardest thing is like being that far apart. So I would change the location. Otherwise, like I definitely feel like this is a, a dream job to have. Do you have any advice for younger people who
0: are like you, you know, growing up, who are just very interested in pop culture and working in this industry?
1: Do you have any advice for for someone like that? I think my biggest advice is, you know, don't talk yourself out of it. I think sometimes you can look at something like this and it's like, this is so daunting. Like, how would I ever get there and do this? I mean, I had zero, I didn't, I'd never even been to California until I was in my 20s. I had no connections in the entertainment industry and i made it here i mean i'm the daughter of a high school principal and a kindergarten teacher so i think if you're passionate about something it's really about immersing yourself in it becoming like developing your skill sets researching the job talking like seeking people out to just hear about their experiences to then you know try to like learn from that and the, and you put yourself you know in as close to that position as you can and also just keep chipping away at it mm-hmm. because you know time is going to pass no matter what. So you might as well just keep trying to walk towards what it is that you want to be doing. But I think the biggest thing is don't talk yourself out of it. And then also just really approach it with a positive attitude. I think is a really, really, really long way. And you know, looking at it from, you know, even when you want to think about it in a really, really negative way, try to change your perspective to think about what you can learn from that situation so that you can be better the next time, because there's definitely a lot of opportunities to learn out there. And there's definitely a lot of opportunities, I think in, especially in the entertainment industry, where you can be part of it, because it's evolving so fast. I mean, there's so many different platforms now to to produce really cool, creative content on. So, you know, if somebody's listening to this and They might not necessarily think that they want to be the EP of Entertainment Tonight, but they might have a really awesome idea for some show that they could create. I mean, you can put that show on Instagram. You can put that show on YouTube. You don't have to wait for a TV network to give you a development deal to do it. Just do it and see what happens.
0: Thank you to Erin for donating her time to the show. If you or someone you know is interested in becoming a future guest, please email employedpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at employedpodcast. Thanks for listening.